Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. Whispering in His Ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen, a new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. If you have ever shouted at God, asking, no, pleading how you can lose weight, then listen today as Julia Filski and I talk about food addiction and cravings, how faith is the solution, and how we can love and hate food at the same time. This episode certainly speaks to me. Here's Julia. Julia, thanks so much for coming on the Positively Joy podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love what we're going to talk about today. And we are going to talk about what I see as the relationship between faith and how we feel about food. And there's a book that I read when I was a young adult. It has a funny title, but it first got me to thinking about this very topic. And um, it's probably out of print today, but it was called Help, Lord, the Devil Wants Me Fat. (laughs) I have never heard of that book, but what a hilarious title. Exactly. It's a real title. Um, it it definitely um, promoted fasting, and you may have opinions about that, and we can talk about that later. Um, but it definitely was, I think, I, I read it in my 20s. It got me thinking about this really for the first time. And, you know, and, and food and my relationship with food and weight, I, I definitely have struggled with. So I know a lot of people do. Um, and you are an author and also a health coach, and you have a book out that I think a lot of listeners probably be interested in, and it's called Dear Food, I Love You, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me, a Bible <laughs> study program designed to help you shatter food strongholds for lasting health and joy. It's a, also a very clever title and probably even better you know, than, <laughs> than the one that I just read to you. So I definitely want to talk to you about this book, but I also want to learn a little bit about you and why this this topic is important to you uh, in relation to food, but also to faith. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your faith walk, and how you got to be an author and health coach today. Oh, well, yeah, you know, I... It's been a long journey for me, um, but I have loved Jesus for as long as I can remember. I asked Jesus into my heart when I was five years old, and it's the best decision I ever made. And, you know, I've always followed the Lord. I've gone to church for as long as I can remember, and I've always loved food. One of my first memories is my parents picking me up from brownie camp, and I was throwing up in the bushes because I'd eaten too many roasted marshmallows. 
And you think that would teach me, but you know, no, not really. I just loved food. And so I remember when I went off to camp for the first time, a lot of kids lose weight at camp. I gained weight at camp because my best friend was the soft serve machine. And so I really (laughs) struggled with being able to, you know, manage my food and volume, everything, volume, quality, quantity, everything. And so I gained 50 pounds when I went away to college. And, um, and then I started as a young adult, the diet culture runaround where I tried every single diet and maybe it worked the first time, maybe it didn't, but even if it did work the first time, if I I gained the weight back and try again and it wouldn't work. And I just, the, that scale just ticked up and up and up and up. And then my husband and I um, adopted our daughters and they had special needs at the time. By the grace of God, they're doing amazing now, 14 years later. But it was fascinating is the biggest challenge that they had is they wouldn't eat. And so with their sensory issues, we had OTPT and a ton of uh, people in our house all the time trying to get them to eat. And we had the most delicious foods in our house. And so as you can imagine, my weight just shot up. And by the time they were able to eat and I was able to pause and consider where I was, I was um, obese and I decided to go to the doctor and say, I would like to have the sleeve. And she sent me to a 12-step food program and I just was so devastated. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I can't be an addict. (laughs) And um, (laughs) And boy, was I surprised because sure enough, I discovered that I had a very real addiction to food. And so I spent the first year, you know, kind of figuring out if God really cared about this little problem. I mean, God, don't you have better things to do than help me with these brownie bites that I'm trying not to eat, right? But um, I came to realize that he really does care because, A, my body is something that he made and he uses it for his will and for his kingdom in this world. And he loves me. And he also knows that a lot of the reasons I was eating had nothing to do with food, but had a lot to do with my hurts. And he wants to heal my hurts. So if I'm going to food first, then I'm not going to him first to heal my hurts. And and so once I realized that, oh my goodness, prayer is even faster than getting food out of the fridge. That's amazing. (laughs) And it works better. So that's been my journey. And as I recovered from food. And I, you know, it's interesting at the secular addiction meetings, I, there wasn't a Christian for miles. And so I really wanted my Christian friends to come, but when they would come, they didn't understand or maybe feel comfortable with the term higher power and what other people might call a higher power. And so, whereas my higher power is of course, my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, he is the higher power, right? Mm. Um, they were not comfortable. And I, I I started to realize that a lot of Christian women are not comfortable going into a secular uh, food program. And so that's when the Lord put on my heart, why don't we start to write a program together? And so that this is where Dear Food, I Love You, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me was born. And so this is workbook one. Workbook one is about um, getting rid of those strongholds and breaking free from food for good. And then um, workbook two, which I'm working on now, which will hopefully be available in May, is um, 10 tools for 
keeping our food freedom. Mm. And then workbook three, which um, will be coming out in August or September, is about meal plans. Make, creating our own meal plans. We don't have to be, you know, beholden to meal plans that other people make for us. It's our body. We know um, and we can learn what's best to eat for our personal situation. So that's really exciting to think about taking control of our own food freedom for good. Mm. So when it comes to food, you know, when people are trying to break other addictions, like they're trying to break the addiction of of alcohol or other substances, um, smoking, you don't have to drink alcohol, take drugs or smoke to live. You have to eat to live. So it's something that you always have to be around and deal with. And And I am not saying that this is any harder than something else, but you have to manage it in a different way. Would you agree? Oh, yes. And a lot of um, people will come to me and I've had clients who have been addicted to heroin say to me, look, I was able to kick heroin. Why can't I stop eating so much food? What's going on with food? Mm -hmm. And um, I like to call food the last stop on the super highway of addiction. (laughs) And it's a doozy, like it's big and it's fun. And there's a lot there. And it is very um, satisfying and it it can help us in the moment, even though long term, it it can be harmful if it's unhealthy food. Mm. So absolutely. It's interesting. You should ask that question. I have a great story about that because I had to remind myself not to eat because somehow, because at the beginning I was a compulsive, I didn't realize I was a compulsive eater. So by the time I remembered to stop eating, I already had eaten two bites. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? Oh, I've broken my agreement with myself. And I had so much shame, which in the beginning, I mean, that's how it is. It's great. If if we remember to stop, whenever remember to stop and pray, whether it's before we eat or two handfuls in or after a plate of food, it's great. We stop and pray, right? But in the beginning, I couldn't remember. So um, someone once told me that food is like um, a, a tiger in a cage that prowls around and and we can only open it up a couple times a day. Otherwise it'll devour us. That was kind of the idea. Well, I didn't have a tiger at home to put in my fridge, but I had this gigantic plastic bear, the size of a milk carton and it had its teeth open and it was a ping pong game. We could throw ping pongs into it, ping pong balls into it. And so I took this bear, I put it in the fridge next to the carton of milk. And I'm like, okay, whenever I open the fridge, this bear is going to remind me not to let the bear of food get to me, you know? Right. And so my husband comes home and he opens up the fridge and he jumped out of his skin. What's this in the refrigerator? Like, it's the bear of food. <laughs> So he said, when you have a program, Julia, you need to make sure everybody gets a bear for their refrigerator. So I actually have a printout on my website that is free that people can go to the website and just grab their bear of food printable. There's a Bible verse there to remind us to pray before we eat and not let the bear of food devour us. (laughs) So it is hard. We do have to eat. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but, you know, I've heard people say, well, there is no bad food. And like, if, for example, right now, uh, there is an Instagram health coach. He's, uh, I don't, he's, he's not American. I'm not sure if he's English or where he's from. Um, but he's very funny. 
He does a lot of very funny Instagram videos. And his whole shtick is just to say that there's no bad food. You know, there's no bad food at all. And then when I begin to think about that through the lens of faith, well, God created food for us and he wanted us to enjoy food. So I don't want to have a negative view of food. Again, it's a man, it's being able to manage it. It's a management situation. Um, What do you think about that perspective? Wow. Isn't that an interesting question? There's um, a lot of people, you know, so many diets that we say, this is bad, you know, bad cupcake, get in the corner. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, um, and then other people say, oh, no, food is bad. My opinion is that we have to look at our own body and our own physical situation and decide what's healthy for us and what's unhealthy for us, because there's definitely unhealthy foods for us. If someone has diabetes, there's going to be food for that person that's really unhealthy and possibly unsafe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it a bad food? I I don't think there's a, you know, a, a moral value to it. But there is a reality to talking to the Lord and and asking him to, you know, meet with us and figure out what's healthy for my body and what's not healthy, what's healthy for my spirit to eat, because food that we can affect our our spirit and that we can want more and more and more of some things, Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? Also, yes, I um, do. (laughs) Yeah. And then we can't stop. And then it's kind of, I mean, I've been in this place where I'm just kind of in this cycle of eating and I, I, you know, you kind of stop doing what I need, what I might be, might be more beneficial for those around me and myself and my service to the Lord. So just really meeting with God and talking about that. And then also one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So one of my prayers is, and I gotta tell you, self-control is not a fruit of my flesh. So I have to pray and ask God for an extra helping, please, Lord, please spirit, give me self-control so that when I look at these foods, I can have a very balanced, realistic viewpoint about what's healthy for me and what's not healthy for me. And one of the things that makes me crazy about diet culture is there's a certain diet that will say that green juice and hamburgers, I'm making this up, but let's just say green juice and hamburgers is great and the perfect diet for everybody. But Mm -hmm. that really isn't true because someone might be very food sensitive to kale in the green juice. So that would not work for them at all. And then they feel bad and guilty that they can't do this amazing diet. That's the best diet for everybody. The truth is we are bio individuals with our own health situations and our own metabolisms and our bodies like certain foods and don't like certain foods. So just taking the time to experiment and learn about our body and what Mm -hmm. our body needs. Mm -hmm. And what we might be allergic to, as you said, or what might, you know, there's a lot of people sometimes with undiagnosed um, celiac and various things like that. I know that sometimes you're like, well, I don't know why my stomach always just gets a little bit upset when I have ice cream or whatever. And I, and I know that my mother uh, definitely, um, as, especially as she got older, I was very sensitive to uh, to milk products. And I find that I'm not, I don't have her sensitivity, but as I've gotten older, I've begun to notice some of that too. So just being aware, as you say, of that. Now, the one interesting thing and very different from Help Me, Lord, the Devil Wants Me Fat is that your book is a Bible study. Why did you decide to make it a Bible study? Yes, 100%. The Lord 
needs to be involved in our journey with food because Mm -hmm especially because it involves our bodies and it involves our health and our, and our health can very much affect our heart and food can affect our heart. And sometimes it can be very hard to stop eating unless we involve the Lord or stop eating certain foods, particularly, you know, like for me, I had a huge problem with frosting and frosting had become a friend for me in many ways. I mean, think when I really thought about it, frosting had been at birthday parties and funerals and weddings and celebrations and all these wonderful moments in life, sad moments in life. And if I didn't want to talk to anybody at the party, I could go get a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. And so frosting had become, you know, a friend. And I really started to have a negative relationship with frosting. I was eating too much of it and I had to break up with frosting, which sounds silly, but I ended up writing a breakup letter with frosting and you can read that letter in my book. But um, in order to do that, I needed to have a, you know, have something fill that void. And um, obviously that is the Holy Spirit. That's the Lord. He's our best friend. And he's the one that is going to help us through all of the little moments that we have learning how to break free from these these ties that we have with food that eventually can become very damaging and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And this, one of the messages of this show is that we are we're trying to find con- contentment in life and satisfaction, and we're chasing that. But in many cases, we're chasing the wrong things. And I've said that we chase. We chase food, we chase alcohol, we chase people. You know, we think we need to be in relationships or whatever when we really should be chasing the Father, Son, Holy Spirit um, and and being filled with joy that way. You know, we, we're trying to be filled with something and just feel like you're satiated, like you're content. And I know for me, there have been times when I would have something to eat and it simply did not satisfy me. It went in my, it went in my mouth, but there was something, that it was empty almost. And so, you know, clearly I'm looking for something and it wasn't food. It needs to be, you know, it's something else. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, not necessarily trying to replace food because we have to have food to survive, as we said earlier, but understanding its place. Yes, yes. You touch on such a good point. And I've had that experience too. In fact, one time I remember I wanted ice cream so badly because I really needed to fill a void. Um, Something wasn't going well that day. And I just thought, oh, ice cream will make it better. Mm -hmm. And so I went in, I opened up the freezer and I remembered to pray. And um, the Lord in his kind, still small voice suggested, why don't you have some blueberries instead of, I start with the blueberries. If you want ice cream later, we'll talk, but just start with the blueberries. And so you know, blueberries are nutritious and they're delicious. And, you know, if I was hungry, blueberries would be a great choice. So, you know, I started with the blueberries and then I wasn't hungry anymore and I didn't need the ice cream. And so if we're hungry, we definitely need to eat, you know, nutritious food is so important. And you said earlier, you know, God created food, He created it for us to enjoy. So that's awesome. It's when we take it to that next level and use it to um, fill a hole in our heart Mm -hmm. that it's something that we really need to take a look at and, um, you know, adjust that and focus on the Lord and find out how he can heal us because he is our healer. 
Not frosting, not no. ice cream. <laughs> That's right, not frosting. Especially not eating frosting from the jar. <laughs> That's definitely not not a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, but I do know, I knew I know some cooks out there. In fact, my husband is a great cook and I know some cookbook writers and I know that people know how to make their own foods and their own they could make their own frosting, but yeah, that's not that's not what we're looking for. So the book is a Bible study. Let's let's dive into that just a little bit. I can I can only ima- imagine that we you know that we look at the manna from heaven. I can imagine you know that because that was food to provide sustenance, not necessarily you know something that maybe they wanted to eat all the time. Um, tell us tell us what else you know. Uh, is in there that might help us understand our relationship with food? Yes. So when we look at our bodies, um, getting a biblical perspective of how to view our bodies and that that we're fearfully and wonderfully made and that God knit our bodies together and that he cares about us. And so we talk a lot about sort of our physical goals and do those line up with what God's goals for our bodies are. Have we ever talked to God about what his goal for our body is? And so that's a really fun chapter. We also look at um, our food timeline and and think about the relationship that we've had with food during certain times in our life, during certain big events, and has our weight and our food behavior uh, changed at all or have we had any repeat binges when certain types of things have happened throughout our life? And how can we go to the Lord to heal us? And looking at scripture about how God really does care about us and he's captured our tears in a bottle. He loves us so much and he can help us heal from those hurts. And when we start to heal from those hurts, we realize we don't need the food anymore to help us heal because we have him. One of my other favorite chapters is self-talk because uh, we tell ourselves all these horrible things in our head, things we would never tell anybody else. I can't do that. I'm too old anyway. Um, You know, things that I would say to myself about how, you know, I was you know, I don't even want to say them out loud, but if you, if we write those things down and then next to it, there's a worksheet where you can write down scripture that counteracts those negative self-talk phrases. And it's amazing to realize that we have been lied to. We have been repeating phrases in our head that are so detrimental. And the Bible has something to say about that. Something really um, amazing about how God loves us. And he wants to care for us and, and cancel all of those things out and remind us that we are chosen and loved by him. And so I love that chapter as well. Wow. So you talk about food being an idol. Tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, yes, yes. Well, um, you know, we have a situation where God wants us to put him first. There shall be no other gods before me. And so, you know, if we are going to food before God, and what does that look like? Well, that would look like, um, you know, crashing on the couch when we get home after we've had a really long day and, you know, just grabbing our, you know, hot food and, you know, just kind of sitting there with the food, expecting the food to kind of make us feel better instead of going to God first and talking to him about what we went through with the day. So we're going to practice 
praying first. And I, I talk about how to remember. I have a system for remembering to pray and how to pray to God first before going to food. And I'm not talking about a, a 20 minute prayer so that we're starving. We're like, oh my gosh, please just let me have my dinner. No, I'm just talking about putting God in his place as first king over our lives, the one who can really help us, save us and and heal our hearts. And then using food as nutrition. You've lost 60 pounds. Um, congratulations, first of uh, all. Yeah. Um, are, do you primarily help people who have, who just have difficulty with food or do you also help people with eating disorders? There are people we know with clinical eating disorders um, who treat food in such a way that it actually could harm, harm their health more, more than obesity might harm your health, but actually harm your health. Do you talk to both, to both of those kinds of people or primarily people who are just having difficulty managing what they eat? Yeah, my main focus is emotional eating, weight loss, and mental health issues around emotional eating. I do work with people who have different kind of eating disorders, but in those cases, it's alongside a physician, somebody who can help them in a medical capacity. And then I'm there to help with the sort of coaching to put plans into place, help them, you know, practice the, you know, I guess you would call it prescription, although it's not necessarily a pill prescription, but the behavior prescription that their doctor would give them. Because, you know, sometimes a doctor will say, do this, do this, do this, do this. And we're like, yeah, that's great and all, but how does that fit into my life? And so I'm the one who says, well, hey, Talk to me. We'll figure out how to fit that into your life and make it realistic, make it work for you and have it bring you joy. So there's a few times a year where we have a holiday or some kind of time that we gather and food is the star of the show. How can we enjoy these days, especially the days that allow us to be together with our family and friends and not be derailed by food? Oh my goodness. Food is everywhere, isn't it? And and we want to be joyful. We want to celebrate. We want to get out there and be with our families and do fun things and eat when we go to picnics and parties. So one of the first things I would say is, you said it earlier, you know, not to look at food and say, oh, that's bad. I can't have it. Because immediately when we say to ourselves, I can't have it, we want it. <laughs> I would have that. So if we want it, well, sure, I can have that if I want to. Ask ourselves the question, is that a healthy choice for me? How will I feel after I eat it? How will I feel tomorrow if I eat it? How much should I eat? Really leading ourselves well in the area of nutrition. Another tip that I have, this is something that I do, is when I look at a table of food, I will pick out um, beautiful vegetables and fruit grown from the ground. That's all the colors of the rainbow. So I'll take my plate and I'll make it into a rainbow. I'll put strawberries and I'll put some carrots on there and I'll put some yellow peppers and maybe some green peppers, um, some celery and some blackberries and blueberries. And I'll fill up my plate with a rainbow colored, beautiful God given you know, deliciousness. And then I'll leave a little space for something good 
like uh, and tasty that might not be as healthy. And then once I eat my healthy portion of delicious, healthy food with a little taste of something that I thought looked delicious, then I'll assess how I feel in about 10 or 15 minutes and say, am I still hungry? I still want more food. What do I think would be a nutritious choice? And so if I need to, you know, get some more food, of course, you know, if we need nutrition, we need nutrition. But most of the time now I'm, I'm good. I can get out and socialize and stop eating and have fun in other ways at the party, play some volleyball, something like that. Do you talk about alcohol in the book? Not from a perspective of you know, being addicted to alcohol, but alcohol has, has calories in it. So do you discuss how to handle a glass of wine or a beer if you're at an outing? That is a great question. In book three, I will address um, different types of food. Uh, yes. But right now for book one, it's mainly about, you know, letting go of foods that really have a strong hold on us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if that happens to be alcohol, then sure, that would be under that umbrella. But I don't speak about alcohol specifically. Mm -hmm. And that can be tricky for people. Um, But I think you're right. Just dealing with it as a whole, just your relationship with what you're consuming. Um, If we can get a handle on that, then it'll help us go a long way. And and also for me, the time of day. You know, I know that, so I'm, I'm speaking to you at 9.30 at night right now. I shouldn't eat anything because I'm going to bed soon. So I need to pass by the potato chips. I just need to go to bed, <laughs> to go to bed. Um, now, it, de- it depends on people's schedules. Some people may work the night shift. I used to work the night shift and that was difficult. You know, most people say don't eat anything after eight o'clock, but I was, you know, getting home at one, I was having my dinner at work and then you get home. And so there can be different, there can be challenges, you know, just day to day. Um, but I love basically trying to repair our relationship with food and going to the father first. I love that because other things haven't worked for me. And so, and I know going to the father first in other situations can help. So why can't, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Why can't it help in this situation? Yeah, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So we know that if we go to him first, he's going to help us. But food gives us amnesia, right? Delicious food. And I see a pile of delicious food and I'm like, wait, what? Who? Uh, Give me that. (laughs) So learning to stop, pause and, and pray. One interesting thing about alcohol is studies have shown that People who eat alcohol, I I watched this documentary once and I can't remember the name of it right now, but they had these two test groups and they had people come in and have some alcohol and drink and then they put snacks on the table. And then another group, they didn't give alcohol and put snacks on the table. The people who drank ate a significantly larger amount of the snacks. So when we drink, our inhibitions go down. If it's late at night, you know, we are less likely to be paying attention to the volume. And Mm -hmm. so that can be very tricky. And then we just simply don't realize how much we've eaten. Whereas without the alcohol, we might not have um, kind of let loose otherwise. No, I I totally understand. Well, Julia, this has been fascinating. I'm really 
Um, happy to talk to you today. I, I love the book. I'm, I'm going to get a copy of the book because I think this can help me as well. Um, but you have an interesting, um, I'm not sure if quiz is the right word, but a resource for our readers. Can you tell us about that? Or I say our readers, I should say our listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to add into the show notes, the food mood tracker. So it's a really cute little sheet that you can print out and um, it will let you track your mood throughout the day and what you ate when you kind of had that mood. So if you were super happy, did you eat something special? If you got sad, is there your go-to food when you get sad? So you can print out a couple of these trackers, maybe three, four, and track what you're feeling and what you're eating throughout the week and see if you might have a food that could be a stronghold food for you that you might want to work on with the Lord breaking free from. We'll definitely have that in the show notes. Uh, And we'll also have in the show notes where people can find you. But if you want to go ahead and tell us now your website and what socials you're on. Oh, yeah. My website is www.onesteptowellness.com, all spelled out, One Step to Wellness. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Mostly that's where I am um, and YouTube as well. Each chapter of the book comes with a beginning intro YouTube video and a closing YouTube video. So you can do the book along with me. Nice. I love that idea. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for hopefully helping some people out there. I I know it's going to help me. Well, thank you so much. And and I just appreciate your podcast. And I just think it's amazing how you are spreading joy. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing. The joy of knowing.